at first they really thought it was an easy day and then it turned into they realized the benefits of it and I still have players from the first school that we started doing yoga at five six years ago and they still text me or message me asking hey my hip is hurting or hey my calf is hurting what can I do to fix that welcome to power up your performance where we talk about how you can learn to think feel perform and live like a champion hey everyone welcome to the show for those of you who are new here, my name is Kim Peek, and I'm the author of Holistic Endurance Training, The Integrated Approach to Thriving as an Athlete. I recorded this episode the week of June 8th, and there is a lot going on in the world right now, right? This week, we saw historical monuments being torn down and Confederate flags banned by a variety of institutions. And as Americans are watching documentaries about Black lives and racism, and reading books that will help us understand and learn about things we've never stopped to think about before, I encourage you to keep learning, keep discussing these important topics with your friends, but most importantly, take action. Do more than join a book club or retweet a cool graphic. Let's make this count. Let's be open-minded and try to understand how we are part of the problem so that we can encourage our employers, our friends and families, the businesses and institutions that we support, and our communities to make significant and lasting change. As I said in a previous episode, I admit to having a lot to learn myself, but I hope you'll stick with me so we can learn together and make this world better. Now, on to today's topic. In this interview, I talked with Alicia McClure. Alicia is a 200-hour registered yoga teacher, yoga instructor, who is also certified in sports nutrition, and she's a certified personal trainer. She has worked with athletes at the high school, collegiate, and professional level for five years. She has three children and her own fitness business, McClure Fitness and Coaching, and she's the wife of a collegiate baseball coach. She has a huge passion for training athletes using yoga to help them enhance their athletic performance and speed up recovery. I loved my interview with Alicia, and I'm sure you will too. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Alicia. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hi, how are you? I am great. So what city are you in right now? I am in Atlanta, Georgia right now. Oh boy, that's exciting. I have a daughter who goes to school in Savannah. Okay. Yeah, that is not far. Savannah's beautiful. I love it there. We were supposed to go on a spring break trip to see her and stay at Tybee Island right when COVID hit. And okay. We, so we kept on looking at the, you know, all the numbers and all the reports trying to decide if it was going to be safe. And then it obviously became not safe. So I'm really bummed because I love that part of the country. Yes, it's beautiful here. So you are a yoga instructor and a personal trainer, right? Yes. And how did you get started? How did you get interested in fitness and in yoga? So I started yoga when I was in college. I had never really done a ton of yoga before that. And then when I was in college, I actually took it as an elective just for an easy A because I thought it would be something fun. And then during our class, the opportunity came up through where we were doing our class at to get 
certified. So I went ahead and did that. And it was a yoga Alliance certification and I went to school for education. So once I got my real job, I didn't really think about yoga as much. So it kind of went on the back burner and I was thinking I spent all this money for a yoga certification and I'm probably never going to use it again. That was just kind of one of those, I referred to it as a kind of dumb college expense just because I wanted something to do. And then flash forward a couple years later and I met my husband who, well, now my husband, and he is a college baseball coach. And at the time he was an assistant coach and the head coach had knew that I was a yoga instructor, but I really didn't do it very often. And he actually asked me to do yoga with their baseball team. And that got me into the athletic realm of yoga, which is really what I focus on now. And then we ended up moving to... Montana, we've kind of lived everywhere the life of a college baseball coach. And at the school he was at in Montana, I actually had the opportunity to teach the yoga class for that college. So I taught yoga and I'm also certified in Pilates. So I taught Pilates there. And so that is kind of my background in yoga. And then while I was there, before we moved to Montana, I had spent four years as a stay at home mom. And I kind of, I love staying home with my kids, but I kind of needed something for myself. So that was why I started working at the college just a couple hours a week teaching yoga. And I really learned my passion for yoga and fitness and nutrition and just all the things in that health and wellness realm. And I also started working for one of the local gyms while we were there. And that was when I decided to get my personal trainer certification and nutrition certification. So those two are more recent just within the past six months, but yoga, I've been certified since 2012. So it's been eight years, which is crazy to think about that. That's so fun. And I love that your husband is a coach and they recognized your expertise and brought you in to help the team. Yes, that was fun. And I had never really, because I mean, back in 2013, 2014, yoga in sports wasn't relevant. I mean, you didn't hear about it. Not very many people did it. I mean, it really wasn't until probably the past three years where I've really seen it explode to where you see it in NFL, you see it in MLB, you see it in Olympics. And it's just growing so much more than what I expected it would have, which is awesome. Yeah. So two of my daughters are dating high school baseball pitchers right now. Okay. What was it like to get a bunch of baseball players to think that yoga was going to be cool or helpful? So it started off as they had the expectation that yoga was going to be one of their free days because what we would do is one day a week and I've kind of transitioned this into his teams everywhere we've gone one day a week is specified to where they don't do weights conditioning that type of um training so instead we replace that with yoga either really early in the morning or really late at night And at first they really, and this is one big misconception.
misconception with yoga is that it's just stretching. So at first they really thought that it was going to be a freebie day. And in turn, as we progress through this season, they really started to see that this is one, it's not, if you're not used to doing it, it's not exactly easy. It's not hard, but it's just different movements than a lot of athletes are typically used to. So it was different. They were stretching muscles that they hadn't really used before and things like that. So at first they really thought it was an easy day. And then it turned into, they realized the benefits of it. And I still have players from the first school that we started doing yoga at five, six years ago. And they still text me or message me asking, Hey, my hip is hurting or Hey, my calf is hurting. What can I do to fix that? That is so, so awesome. that is, that is really reassuring to me that I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. What are, how, how does yoga for athletes differ maybe from some of the other yoga that people might have seen on Instagram or on other videos or maybe even experienced? What is different yes. with working with an athlete? So working with an athlete, it is really, I tailor my sessions to very sport specific moves. So something that a baseball player for instance, would do is very different than something that a basketball player would do. I mean, basketball players, they need to build up their cardio endurance because they're constantly running back and forth. Same thing with soccer. Baseball is more of a mental balance focus. So with baseball players, we will do just like typical stretches. We usually hold the stretches a little bit longer. Most yoga is pretty fast paced. I mean, you go move, 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 move. And with athletic yoga, we will hold the poses just a little bit longer than normal because that in turn is helping stretch those muscles that they typically do not use because every sport you have specific muscle groups that you train constantly. And that is what leads to your alignment being out because your body is only targeting these specific muscle groups constantly and not the others. So with yoga, we try to get into the other muscle groups that you typically don't use. And then like with high cardio and endurance type sports, we do a lot of fast pace, a lot of moving from move to move very quickly, a lot of standing and opening stretches because when you open your chest, it allows you to be able to, when you inhale, you can inhale a lot deeper than you normally would because what yoga is doing through those opening stretches is opening up your entire chest. So you're able to inhale and take more oxygen into your lungs. Nice. Yes. I'm a running coach, so a lot of mm -hmm. people who listen to this podcast are going to be at some stage of maybe thinking about running or into hardcore running. There's a whole spectrum. How often should people practice yoga, and when is the best time to do it? I would say for me, we typically try to plan at least one time a week. 
So one time a week, you're going to want to get in a good 40 to 60 minute yoga session. Anything over that is kind of overkill. There's a bunch of newer studies that show once you go past that 60 minute mark, you're not really getting any extra benefits than you would from the same 40 to 60 minute session. So I would say we do one 40 to 60 minute session a week. And then you also want to be doing just a quick 10, 15 minute, no more than that warm up before you are. So say like a runner before you're going on a big run, maybe 20, 30 minutes before that, just do a quick, easy warm up yoga routine. And that is going to help stretch your muscles. It's going to help, like I said, open your chest to be able to inhale a lot better. And as you, as you do this more often, you'll see the bigger benefits as you go through. And then I would say it's best. I mean, most runners, I know that my husband runs a lot. And if he goes, he goes really early in the morning which is a good time to do yoga. So you will get the most benefit from yoga if you do it within an hour of waking up. And then if you do it within an hour before you go to bed. So what that does, you know, what was that? Why is that? Do you know why you get more of a benefit at those times? In the morning, your brain is just starting to function. So by doing yoga, you're actually training your brain to wake up and focus quicker. So a big thing of yoga is because your mind is so focused on the movements that you're doing, you're, you gain better control of your focus and your attention. And so by doing that, when you wake up, it really just kind of gets your brain going a lot quicker for your day. And then in the evening, if you do yoga before you go to bed, it helps your body relax. If you, especially if you've had a really busy day, It helps your body relax and kind of calm down. So you will notice if you do yoga at least two or three times a week before bed, just a quick 10, it doesn't have to be long, 10, 15 minutes. You'll notice, especially if you have a sleep tracker, like a Fitbit or an Apple watch or something like that, you'll notice your REM. So your deep sleep, it gets longer. It's crazy. I never really notice it until I actually tested it out and it did work. Very cool. So that was another thing I wanted to ask you a little bit about to tell us a little bit about is yoga has way more benefits than just the stretching and strengthening that we all know about. There's a lot of benefits just for our nervous system and helping people calm their brains. Can you talk a little bit about how yoga might be helpful right now when people are so stressed out because of all the craziness going on in the world, all the stress from being in quarantine? Yes, that is a huge one. And the thing that I've gotten a lot of questions about lately, because yoga is something that you can easily do in your house. So a lot of people are really starting to get into yoga more now than they ever have before, just because it's so easy to go on your TV and turn on YouTube and just do a yoga video. They have it for adults. They have it for kids. I mean, you can kind of find anything. And I think the best thing about yoga growing right now 
is like you said, a lot of people are stuck inside. They're not interacting with people. They're not getting to do their normal outdoors things. I'm a very outdoorsy social person. So being stuck in the house and not being able to see my friends and do the things that I'm used to doing, especially with my kids is very hard, but yoga helps. So what it does is when you're doing yoga, like I said, it helps your focus and it really just naturally de-stresses your body because the key thing to yoga is timing your movements with your breath. And when you do that, it just de-escalates your tension, your stress, and kind of everything that you have built up inside because you're focusing on, I mean, you'll see it during normal yoga. You'll hear the instructor inhale, and then they'll tell you what to do. Exhale, then they'll tell you the next move to do. And by taking those deep breaths, you're really just calming down your nervous system. So that is how it's really through, not really through the moves. It's more through the breath work that you're calming and de-stressing yourself. So two more things that I think come up when you talk to people about yoga. One, what is up with hot yoga? Is this something we should do? Is it something that's good for us? Why is it good for us? What can you tell us about hot yoga? Hot yoga is, it really depends on what you want from yoga. If you want a fat burning Yoga session that's more like a typical training session to where you're going to sweat, you're going to, I mean, you're going to lose weight, you're going to gain muscle. That would be hot yoga because it really turns up your having being in a hot room and sweating during a yoga session really turns up your heart rate. So you're going to get more benefit as if you were to run or you were to do a high intensity interval training type exercise because it makes your heart rate higher. I personally like the more relaxing. I And it's funny because I live in the South. I mean, I lived in Montana for a while, but I don't like the heat. I, I just don't like to be sweaty. So mm-hmm. I personally don't like hot yoga, but it is very popular I mean, any major city that you go to, you will find a hot yoga. In it. Yeah, I agree. So another question, do you have to be flexible to do yoga? I think a lot of people see just some of these really crazy movements that people do, or you know, they, they see videos or posts that their friends do and they think, oh my gosh, yoga is not for me. I can't do that stuff. Can you address that a little bit? So we, especially in athletes, that's a major misconception because you do not have to be flexible for yoga. You will gain flexibility as you do yoga, but you do not have to be flexible to start. And one, and I think that's where social media is very, can scare people away from yoga because a lot of people see someone doing a headstand or this crazy move where they're standing on their forearms and they think, oh, I can't do that. So if I go to a yoga class, I'm not going to compare to half the people that are there because this is what yoga people do. 
Mm-hmm. And that is not how it is at all. If you are going to a quality instructor, they might do some things like that, but they will give modifications. And that's a huge one for me. So I'll explain and show a move and then I'll show two or three other ways to do it if you can't do the typical or original way. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of helps the comfort level of the overall class. So no one feels super intimidated. I mean, it took me almost three and a half years to be, and I was a college athlete too. So I considered myself pretty in shape and flexible, but it took me almost three and a half years to be able to do a headstand. So it's just something that you don't have to have flexibility to start, but you will gain flexibility as you do yoga. And then what do you tell people who are like, maybe hesitant to try? What do you tell people who, who just to convince them to get out there and try it? So I'll use my husband as an example. So he thought yoga is kind of this crazy thing that people do and it's not really beneficial. And then he started seeing, as we've done yoga with his team, he started seeing them rave about how good it was and how great they felt after and he was still I'm not doing yoga I'm not doing that and then I just kept telling him just give it one try just do one class with me and see how you like it and it's like once you get someone to do it that one time and they may not see the benefit while they're in the actual class but that night or the next day when they see that they if they had a pain, that pain could be gone or they'll be sore in places that they never knew that they were using. And they're like, Oh, so this is actually beneficial. So if you could just, I always tell people, if you just give it one try and if you don't like it, you don't ever have to do it again, but just give it one try. And I promise that you will see the benefit. Yeah. I think that's a really good point too about, like your husband's team. I mean, he could see the results that his, his players were having. And that's, yeah. I mean, we all want what our friends have when they're getting results, right? So, yes. <laughs> so where can people find you? So I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So those are my three main areas that I focus on promoting just because I feel like the world is kind of going away from typical website and more towards social media. So I focus mostly on social media and I'm not a super technologically savvy person. So I've sat down to try to create a website a couple times and I just can't bring myself to do it. So I focus on social media and I would rather focus on the areas that I'm good at through Facebook and I can post videos and things like that and people can see them and then I can devote my time to helping people rather than trying to use 20 or 30 different ways to try to reach out to people and then in turn have my clients or the people that I'm working with suffer. And can people who don't live in your market work with you? Do you work with people virtually then? Yes, I do. So I am in the process now of creating 
And all of once it's done, it'll be on all of my social media accounts. I am in the process of creating a athletic yoga site. So what it's a video site and people can, will be able to go on and they can do, it'll be like a monthly subscription and there'll be 30 to 40 different videos, warm up, cool down, full session, sport specific, things like that, that they will be able to go on and you can either get a monthly subscription. If you're a coach buying it for a team, you can just flat out buy one video. If you don't want to have to pay monthly, if you know, okay, this is where my team or I as an athlete am struggling, I'm going to get this video. So I have it. And that I'm hoping I'm in the process of doing the videos now. I'm hoping to have that done within the next month before, especially professional sports restart, college sports are headed, hopefully headed back. And that way that people will be able to have that as a resource. And I also post occasional videos, infos, like live sessions on my Facebook page. And I will be sure to post all of that info in the show notes so that people can find you. Yes. Yes. So I have one more question before we end, but before we get to that, is there anything that you wanted me to ask you or you want to say that I haven't asked? I don't think, well, I guess one big one is another common misconception that a lot of people have is yoga. If you're doing yoga as an athlete, it replaces the training that you're already doing. So a lot of people will try to do just yoga in the off season. So yoga should not replace your typical training for your sport. Instead, it should complement and enhance that. So doing yoga, like I said, you just want to do it once or twice a week because you don't want it to fully replace what your typical training method is. That's a really good point. So the last question I end with every interview with is power up your performance. The name of our podcast is all about learning how to think, feel, live, and perform like a champion. What are three traits that you believe all champions possess? Okay, I think number one, and this I think is the most important one, is you have to be a positive thinker because you do not want to feel, if you start filling your mind with negativity, then you're going to produce negative results. I am a very firm believer in you produce the results that you believe you can have. So by positive thinking, you're going to produce positive results. Two is a goal setter because especially for me, when I was a college athlete, I had to have specific goals placed in front of me. If I just didn't have any goals or any direction, I didn't push myself as hard. So I think that every champion needs to have goals because it also it's because you feel good when you accomplish something that you said you were going to do. So that also I think leads into number one. So it'll increase your positive attitude. And number three is a hard worker because there is a, I attended a session um, at my husband's last college and it was someone who came in and kind of did a motivational speaking thing And one of her quotes that 
I have taped on my mirror now is, and I hear it all the time now, and I can't believe I didn't really think about it before this, is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I think you see that in a lot of athletes, a lot of teams, because if you're not going to work hard, why are you even there? Or what are you even doing it for? Yeah, those are all really great tips. I always think it's interesting to hear the three things people say, because there's probably 10 overall that they mostly fall into those categories. But the reasons why people say that they're the things are always different. And I just love hearing the stories and the reasons too. So that was fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It was great talking to you and I wish you so much luck with everything that you have going on. You have a lot of exciting things coming up. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm coach Kim Peak of Power of Run and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.